Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about human connection recorded live before a virtual audience from around the world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. On each episode, you'll listen in as I chat with real people about their most profound experiences in bed, in love, and in life. Here we go. Chris, I'd love to chat with D. Can we can we bring D up? I know we have D. D is in uh, in Canada. Hi, D. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm excited to talk to you. Oh my god, I'm so excited to talk to you, D. So where are you exactly? I'm in Toronto. You're in Toronto, okay. And what's been what's quarantine been like in Toronto? Uh, pretty much the same. You know, just kind of indoors all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I get to go for a bit of a walk or a bike ride when yeah. I want to, but for the most part, just indoors, just yeah. enjoying trying to enjoy my company. Yeah. Trying to enjoy your company. I, I feel that. So, so, uh, everything is the same now, right? Like I think they say everything is canceled. I think like days and weeks and months have been canceled now. Like there's just one giant container called 2020 and we're all in it. And then maybe we'll get out of it. We'll go back to days and weeks and months. So, so, so I wanted to talk to you, um, because you've been on an interesting journey in this quarantine, right? Because you two have been falling in love from what I can understand. Yeah. Uh, is that, is that, a, do you feel like that's an inaccurate way to, uh, to, to express what, uh, what you've been experiencing? No, it is, it is the, the beginning stages of what I, what I felt was something really beautiful and special. It's someone I'd met on Valentine's day at a singles event. Um, and I've been single for years by choice. And also just cause I just, you know, I just haven't met the right person. And yeah, it was wonderful. Like we had an amazing time together and like we were holding hands and walking down the street, like by the time we got to our second venue and we're holding hands across the table and we were just like so grateful for each other's presence. And it was just, yeah, it was beautiful. Unfortunately, like the COVID thing has created a distance in terms of. So how are you? So, but you, so you are, you are really quarantining, quarantining, not with a partner and, uh, you've been having some, I know you took a class. Can you tell us about the class that you took before you went into quarantine? That was by complete fluke. So I, uh, was, I walked There are no accidents. There are no accidents. Yeah. Tell us about the class. Tell us about the class, D. What is the class that you took before you went into quarantine? Uh, I took a class entirely on self-pleasure. Um, and for the, for a woman, a self, how would a woman best pleasure herself? Was was all was what the class was about. Why did you sign up? Why did you sign up for that? D? Again, I walked into the store looking for for just. I went walked into a sex store and I was like, hmm, let's figure out what I want from here. And then I noticed that they had a class that was full, and I was like, can I just stand here till somebody cancels because I want to go for this class? And it literally just happened. As I walked in, someone canceled and they were like, okay, you're on. And I'm like, sick. So three so hours what, in this class. So what did you learn in three hours in this class? Uh, everything, everything from like the, the female anatomy, um, how we really look down there. Um, because God knows none of us know. So many of us have no freaking idea. And I didn't. And I was amazed. I was like, holy crap, we are so beautiful. How did I not fully conceive what was happening and then we learned about like the functions and the fact that we have 8,000 nerves just for pleasure and like the just so many amazing things about me I felt so beautiful and I was just like wow how come more women don't know this (laughs) all right and so you so you took this class and you learned all about your anatomy and and uh and uh and how has that served you in this process where you've been in quarantine? Cause we've been talking, we talked a bit about self-pleasure. Uh, how's that manifested for you? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sad because I, I, we haven't been communicating very much at all, actually the guy that I met. And so I was so grateful. I found this class because I have been exploring myself as a result and so much more than with so much more knowledge. And, I found moments a few weeks, a week ago now, where I was there with myself um, and my toys. And I just had this moment where I had this cathartic release after I experienced an orgasm. I just went into a state of absolute grief channeling through my body and out and I cried and I cried. 
And then I realized how amazing I felt. For some reason, the release of sexual energy released a lot of emotions and grief in my body. And that actually further promoted an ease with myself and made me have some of the best orgasms I've ever had by myself or ever, actually. Yeah. And I'm like, I just unlocked something. Like, so, it was beautiful. So we're obviously talking about something pretty vulnerable here. And I think that, like, we all feel it. So, like, yo, if you're all with D right now, say word. Let's give her a little support right now. She's she's opening up in a big way. Oh, Words you. are coming at you from all over the world right now. So, D... So D, discovering discovering ourselves and self pleasure and and uh, you know this is a this is I think everybody obviously can relate to this uh, and uh, and so I guess what was leading up to this moment this time in quarantine where you're really connecting with yourself in such a big way like what was your relationship to self pleasure you know up until now. Um, it's been a long journey. I'm from the South Asian culture and. Growing up, the women in our culture, my own mom, my grandmom, all the people that I know even now of my generation and the generation before um, are not really thought to open up about pleasure, about sex, um, and even have conversations within the family. It's considered taboo. It's considered um, shameful. And we carry, as a woman of, as women of that community, of that, of people of color and South Asian community, we carry a lot of shame and guilt associated with uh, wanting pleasure for ourselves in a partnership and also by ourselves. And so I've had a very long journey to accepting not only my body as a South Asian woman, but also the pleasure that I deserve to experience. And so my journey has come, it's come a long way. I have gone from a state of shame to a state of exploration to now a state of insane empowerment where I want to have more conversations about this with people that have never had an opportunity to experience it. And uh, yeah, I come from a very shame based state when it comes to pleasure and sex, to be honest. And I, I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. because mm. <laughs> I think so many people need to hear that it is, it is okay, that it is okay to have it. I think you're getting words. If you think it's okay, say word. Word. I mean, you're getting words from around the world. This is great. So, so, um, um, so how, you know, you're in quarantine solo now, you know, and you're experiencing this now, and, and we don't know how much longer we're going to be in this moment. Are you doing any, are you doing any online dating? Are you on any apps? Are you, are you seeking a romantic connection right now? Or is that just like, are we right now, like deep in just, you know, connecting with the self? Um, I am seeking a romantic connection for sure. I truly have come to believe that I deserve it. It's taken a long time for me to get to a state of hope, but I'm, mm. so I am. It's taken a long time. It's mm. taken a very long time. But I'm finally here. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of night going, D, you're going to sleep alone in this bed for a very short time now. And this, it just comes to me, like this hope, mm. this like thing. So I am seeking romantic connection, but honestly, I am still hung up on the guy that I met on Valentine's day. And I still, part of me still hopes that that will go somewhere. So instead of focusing on distracting myself with other people, I'm going inwards and then we'll see what happens. Mm, mm, mm. So then my last question for you on this is based on what you've discovered about yourself so far in this, in this journey, how has how has this self-discovery, if at all, shifted the way you think about partnership? You know, and how does this, you know, and how does the, how does the sex you're having with yourself compare to the sex you've had with other people? Um, I would say that this exploration started a year ago, like in the, in the, in the empowering way that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And ever since I have begun to explore myself more, it has only changed beautifully the way I interact with another person so often I do get um when I'm in a in an intimate situation with someone um I do I do sense that there's a lot of attraction there because I know my body and the person who's with me appreciates that I know my body and I'm able to say it um so I think for me uh self-exploration is like the way <laughs> to having 
amazing sex with other people too. And it's like loving yourself is how you love other people. So. Mm. Well, I'm so grateful that you shared your experience with us, Dee. It's so nice to see you and to and to connect with you. Uh, I think that this really resonated with everybody. Um, it seems like people from all over the world right now are just sharing how old they are, um, which is great, which is great. You know, I have this idea. I have this idea where I'd like to do a list of 50 over 50, and it's basically 50 people who, had to, who, who hadn't figured out their lives until they were 50 years old, and like they were just stumbling along, and then they figured it all out. Uh, so it's nice to see all these people of all these different age, age groups, uh, joining us here today. Dee, thank you so much for sharing with us. You're, you're really so inspiring. You've, you've inspired all of us here and I really appreciate it. Um, Chris, can we, uh, can we roll to Peterson and Sabaya? I think they're also in Toronto. I would love to see them. Can we see Peterson and Sabaya in Toronto? Hi. Oh my God. Hi everybody. Hi. We're How actually in Ottawa. Or you're you're in Ottawa. Okay, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, um, Still in Canada. All right, all right, all right. Well, sorry. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's good to see the both of you. I know that I know that you are in uh, you are you are quarantined together, and uh, you have had a big moment in your quarantine experience. Is that right? You've had a big. That's right. So, can you tell us what that is? Tell us what happened while you've been in quarantine together. Well, we got engaged. Yeah. You got engaged. Oh my God. Everybody wish them a congratulations. They got engaged. This is great. We're so excited. And I understand that you're both, you're both professional musicians. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So do you play music together? Yes, we do. We play in the same band, band together as well. I'm a bass player and she's a pianist and a singer. Okay. And, and where, where are you from Peterson? sounds like, where are you from? Oh, I'm Haitian. You're Haitian. And where are you from Sabaya? I'm half uh, from France and half from Ivory Coast. And did you, are you both, are you, and did you, did you grow up in, in, how did you find each other in Ottawa? Well, um, I came to Ottawa when I was young and mm -hmm. he, he's, he was uh, born here. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, thank God you two found each other. Are you guys open to singing us maybe a little bit of a song? Yes, and that is why we have the mic. <laughs> okay, here, maybe you can sing us a song. Uh, would everybody like to just hear a song, a quick song for Peterson and Sabaya, our newly engaged couple in Ottawa? I mean, I think that would be fun, right? All right, so let's, uh, so what are you going to be singing for us? Um, I'm going to be singing uh, a little bit of India Ari, because she's one of my favorite artists. And okay. the song is He Heals Me, because uh, that was a song that he dedicated to me. Well, he made me hear it and dedicated it to me. <laughs> okay, let's and, hear it. Uh, yeah. Thank you for being here and sharing this with us. Is that better? Yeah, I believe the song is called He Heals Me by India Ari. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I told him my biggest secret. smiled at me and said that makes me love you Me. 
Wow. Oh my God. I know if you could hear everybody clapping, everybody would be clapping. I can read the comments. Thank oh you, everyone. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yo, if you love that song, if you love that voice, say word. Say word. word. Oh I love that voice. God. Look at that. Thank oh, you, you love that voice. Congratulations on your engagement. You're so beautiful. Thank God you found each other. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Uh, so grateful to see you. Um, let's go to Lindsay. Yeah, can we go to Lindsay in LA? Chris, can we go to Lindsay in LA? What's up, Jared? What up, Lindsay? <laughs> how you feeling? I'm good. I'm oh. really good. Oh my God. So, so how you feeling? How you feeling? How's LA? You've been locked down for a minute. What's good? How's yeah, it going? we've been locked down. I mean, two weeks feels like two years. Time is very bizarre right now. But um, overall, I'm feeling really good. I feel so so grateful that I'm in a place where I can go outside, you know, relatively speaking, there's space to take a walk safely and sunshine. So overall, I'm doing good. And so, you know, I wanted to chat with you because I know that you, you, you found love, you found love right before we all had to, we all had to hunker down. Um, maybe you can give us a little just background on this relationship that you have cultivate it for yourself. Yeah. So, um, the short of the long of it is that, um, I was single technically for about seven years and yeah. Can I just stop you right there with the technically, what is that? Well, uh, I mean like, you know, you go on, like, <laughs> I just, I just want to get it. Okay. I just want to understand. Like I was single technically like on a technicality, on a technicality, I was single, you know, but okay. All right. So what does that mean exactly? Where I, you know, I would date people briefly, but nothing, no serious committed relationships. Situ situationships. That's what I, I heard that recently. And that feels right. So okay. yeah. If you've ever been in a situationship, say word. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So we all got it. Okay. So you had a so There was. Right, seven years of situationships, and then what happened? Yeah, I, and in the last two years, I've done so much like deep self work, um, which was much needed. And in October, when I was in New York uh, for work, I very randomly reconnected with someone that I had met eight years ago, and timing was just so divine and ever since we had a dinner to reconnect um we've been together so okay and and uh and so but now you're separated you're not in the same spot yeah so we we had a cadence where we were seeing each other once a month before this happened um because this person is long distance yeah correct yeah he's in new york and um yeah it's 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 been a little it's just been interesting because I think before this relationship, I would rely so heavily on the physical part of a relationship, right? Like seeing the person, being with them, being like physical with them. And that would validate for me um, that it was like good and going well. And so now it's really beautiful because we're able to work on communication, which is just such a foundational piece that before this, I had never really valued as much. And um, while I miss him like crazy, thank goodness for things like FaceTime and Zoom and being able to see each other's face in this way and just connect really like mindfully and thoughtfully um, every time we do talk um, and ask questions we've never asked each other. And um, I don't have this worry, right? Like, I don't know when I'm going to see him again, but I have like this peace around it that um, it's going to be okay. And that eventually like I'll see him again. Um, you know, you bring up an interesting, you know, the, the, the difference, I guess, between a long distance relationship and a relationship that is long distance, but now we are in a time of quarantine and a tremendous time of uncertainty. Even in long distance, I had a long distance girlfriend in college and we always saw each other every six weeks. I delivered a lot of pizza to make that happen. <laughs> and uh, But it was hard, but it was always like, I know that this is on the calendar. I can see you, I'm gonna see you soon. I know the dates, we booked it. 
And now there is this level of uncertainty where like you don't know the dates, right? And so how are you navigating that uncertainty now? How does that change the dynamic, if at all? Yeah, and I think I think I have my moments where I'm like, like I miss you so much, like what the fuck? <laughs> kind of like just being really frustrated and um, slipping into that like fear mentality of like, well, when is this ever gonna change and when can I see you and will this affect our relationship? Um, but it's really, and it's been incredible and interesting for me within this relationship to reconnect to my spirituality, reconnect to God in a way. Um, he is super faith-filled and so... Who, your partner, your partner is? Yeah, oh, yes. Okay, okay. okay. And, and same, like I've, I've always considered myself, myself spiritual, um, but we've just talked about how, you know, God is kind of like the third person in our relationship and how during, especially times like these where we have no idea what's going to happen, that it's actually not on us to figure it out. Um, so you're in a throuple. You're in a throuple with God. I'm in a throuple with God. Okay. It's <laughs> Um, but I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't grow up with like a super like religious, uh, foundation. So like this feels just more like deepening my spirituality and understanding of how faith and God, and if you call it universe spirit, whatever you call it just plays in my life and how I don't have to really like shoulder the burden of things that are out of my control. And so it's been refreshing. And how is it? So how does God, I guess, how does this, this sense of spirituality, faith, uh, I, I, you, you haven't used the word uh, um, religion, uh, but, uh, you know, you did use universe, which, by the way, I'm, I'm reading right now, um, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. It's by Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's great. It really explains uh, physics and the universe. Somebody asked me the other day, why are you reading that book about the universe? And I said, well, if we're going to keep asking this thing for so much, I feel like maybe I should understand how it works. Um, so, uh, so how is faith and spirituality, how is it, I guess, tangibly playing a role in your life? I mean, are you, are you, you know, there's, are there, are there, are there churches on zoom that you're going to? Is there a, like, are there sermons that you're logging into? I mean, I guess I want to know what, what is sharing faith across, a, you know, the country? What does that look like in the digital age and in the age of quarantine? Yeah. I mean, exactly. We, we do, um, attend like a virtual church sermon, um, once a week and whether it's Hillsong or uh, church home, it doesn't really matter, you know, just kind of gathering, we invite friends and um, it's just been a, a, a beautiful way to ground myself and ground with him. Um, and then we'll have conversations too. Like I've never been in a relationship where we talk about God. So it's very new for me. How does it feel? How does it feel to talk about God? At first it felt awkward from my experience. Like I didn't know if the language I was using was correct or really translating. And then I was like, oh wait, like it doesn't matter. Like this is my experience and that's what's important. And he just holds space so beautifully. So it's been really it's been really cool and I've grown so much already in that way. Mm. And so, so the long distance relationship in quarantine are, you know, so, so we're, we're meeting each other, you know, we're going to digital church. That sounds hot. Love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love digital church. It sounds great. But how, um, how do you navigate your sexual physical needs? You had talked about like you always lean on a physical relationship and now it's like, it's a long distance relationship. So that's not there. And now there's uncertainty, you know, we're, we're, you know, there is a thing called skin starvation. We need to be touched, right? Like if, if a baby's not touched enough when it's born, in some cases it'll get sick and the worst cases it'll die. How are you two navigating sex in a long distance quarantining across coasts relationships right now, relationship right now? 
Yeah, I think it's like ever evolving um, because I've I've never done this before in terms of like long distance and quarantining. <laughs> and if you don't so want to get into that, by the way, I just no, want to say, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, if you want to answer yeah. that, cool. If you don't, you know, it's fine. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I think like because we don't have a, a next date where we're going to see each other, I do think it's kind of um, inspired us to open up conversation around like you know, our own exploration of pleasure, like with, between me and me and between him and him, right? What, it's just, it, what does that mean? Well, you, can you expand on that for us? Yeah. So like, you know, referencing D and her, um, her experience, it's like talking about that and being yeah. very open about masturbation and, and, um, yeah, like just what, what does turn us on. And obviously we know that in an in-person way, right? We have those conversations and we physicalize it, but just having this, like this distance between us, we're able to get more specific and just for me. And I think for him too, I'm not going to speak for him, but, um, I don't know, like the conversation is like very sexy. Yeah. Like, of course I'd love to have sex right now, but like, the conversation is really sexy and I think it's going to make like the next time we have sex, like even that much better. It's like very, it's a new thing for me and yeah. I'm, I'm like really enjoying it. And like, yeah, I'll pop, like if I, if he calls me, sometimes I won't have clothes on. How does that feel? Is that, but is that something that you feel like, how is that, how is that, you know, I mean, listen, the, the, the relationship between sex and God has been a complicated one for all of history. And so since you found this relationship and you're cultivating a deep spirituality, a shared spirituality, that seems to be like a, that's the third in your relationship. Like some people have a unicorn in their relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> and some people have God and some people have both. But I guess what I'm saying is like, how, what is, is your your sex life what is sex like in a relationship rooted in spirituality yeah i mean for me it's just felt like the fact that like i'm able to get to know him on a soul level not only through spirituality spirituality but through our this distance yeah through this time where we really have to like get creative in a way um and I'm sure I can speak for like the people who identify as female here. It really helps turn us on, you know, mm -hmm. like it's not just about the physical. Mm -hmm. So it's like this full body, mind, body, spirit connection that like creates such like, as D referenced, kind of this like divine out of body, crazy orgasmic experience. Mm. And so like, I know that this time away from each other, not knowing when we're going to see each other again is actually like building up to be like the next level of our sex life. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, Yo uh, Yogi Bhajan, who, who brought Kundalini here. I know you've been exploring all these modalities and stuff on your podcast. You share all these things. Lindsay has a great podcast called Almost 30. You should check it out. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I believe it was Yogi Bhajan who said uh, foreplay should last 72 hours. Uh, in this case, maybe for you, it'll last 72 days. And then you're just going to have like the best, most connected <laughs> spiritual sexual experience of your life. Um, well, I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I really, really appreciate you being here. You know, on this subject of sexuality and spirituality, um, Chris, can we go to Sean in New York? I would love to talk to Sean in New York. What's what up, man? What's up, Sean? How are you? Yo, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. How's New York City feeling right now? It is very eerie to go outside and not see people everywhere. It's a very, very eerie time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, are you getting the people at 7 p.m. that are ringing the bells and screaming out their windows? Is that happening? I am. That, that's a really, uh, it's a really good gesture. It's really cool and really loud. It's pretty wild, right? Um, so, Sean, uh, you know, I know that you're also in a long distance relationship right now. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 
sexuality with this partner, even like when you've been in the same space, there have been, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't gone exactly according to plan. Um, and we talked about that. And I think that like the reason why I was excited to chat with you here is because like, I guess for me, I always felt like I'd have these moments, like if I was with a person physically that I was really into and then I couldn't, uh, I just couldn't perform. I thought that there was like something wrong with me. I feel like men, like there's this story specifically, but, but not just about men, all of us that like, we want to show up physically for sex in a way that, that, uh, sometimes the, the connection between our mind and body isn't there and, 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 uh, and, uh, and we don't show up. And I think there's a lot of stories about men and masculinity and how we're supposed to show up in those moments that can be kind of, you know, that can, that can be very defeating. And so I was interested to know a bit about your story about, you know, you met somebody, you were, you were super connected, you'd been super attracted, you got together and then some, it, it wasn't happening. Um, what was that story? What happened? Yeah, which time? <laughs> um, so it's funny, Abby wrote in the chat earlier, you know, the brain is the largest sex organ. And mm. I think it's so true. But there can also to what you just said, be a disconnect. And for me, it was a, it was an issue, where I just didn't show up like I, I couldn't get hard, I couldn't perform. And to kind of what Dee had alluded to before, there was such shame and guilt in that moment. And it was very uncomfortable, right? Because I had grown up with a lot of toxic masculinity and thinking that your performance dictated the relationship or your performance was how you showed a woman that she really cared about her. And fortunately for me, you know, I have a partner now who allows me to understand that it's not just about the physical. And obviously, you know, being in a long distance relationship doesn't make it any easier. But at the same time, there is an understanding of if you can attract someone mentally and there's a connection there that's deeper than the physical i quickly realized that when i focus less on the performance and more on the person it changed everything whoa hey let's first of all let's just take a minute to sit with i quickly realized when i could focus less on the performance and, and more on the person everything changed can i if you've ever been there say word 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 word, word. we're all just hitting words left and right oh my god yo this is a big deal for us to talk about this you know and i think that uh you know you're really so brave to step up and share like this because listen if you've ever been in bed with a person and your body didn't show up the way you hoped it would say word I mean, this is it. Like, we'll look at this coming in from all over the world. Like, this is just, this is part of the human experience. So I want to know this connection that you've cultivated with this, your partner. Um, how, how were those moments in those moments where your body just didn't show up the way, you know, you hoped it would, there was some sort of disconnect there internally. How, what was different? And I guess what is different about your current partner that allowed you to navigate those moments? It felt different. There was just, you know, what, what's going on there? How did you guys deal with it? Good question. Uh, I think there have been a couple iterations, but I think in the previous times, as I said, focusing on the performance, I didn't know if I'd have another shot. And so once you get a shot on goal, so to speak, I wanted to make sure that I performed and it was such a, it was such a struggle that I wasn't living in the moment, right? I was like, I need to hit whatever ideal I thought I needed to hit thinking that that was the key or the lever to get her to really like me. Cause in the past that had been a way that I showed affection and that was a way I showed love. Whereas the most recent occurrence when it happened though uncomfortable and though there was a shame and guilt as Dia kind of mentioned around that, it was the vulnerability of her still being there and letting me know that she didn't only like me for the physical. And that may sound crazy, right? Because as a guy, like I had learned, like the physical is it, right? I played football in college or a lot of things that define quote unquote masculinity, but to be with someone who sees me for me and allows me to be me. I mean, uh, I'll tell you right now, like if everyone can go through that discomfort to, to, experience what I think we experience now any day of the week and two times on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So, so tell me about, uh, your partner, uh, how long have you two been together now? 
uh, this iteration a couple of months. And similar to Lindsay, it's also long distance. Yeah. Yep. And how's that feeling? How's it feeling? Look, it's not easy. Right. And I think I can agree with Lindsay that it, it's just, it removes the optionality and the pastor was always in, okay, I'll see you to your point. Like I'll, I'll see you at this time. Or there's the anticipation of knowing that you're working towards something where I'm a big reader about kind of, you know, self-empowerment, self-help and just mentalities. And it's just as easy to say, I can't wait to see you as it is to say, Oh, I'm never going to see you again. Like this is brutal. And so just remaining kind of optimistic about it and being very open when we communicate about like, yeah, I, I do miss you. Yeah. I do want to see you, but how about we stop living in the past times we had or living too far in the future mm. and really focus on like talking about what you did today or what's on your mind or what can I help you with? Because I think at the end of the day, it's just the, it's inconvenient as opposed to completely dismantling our relationship. Yeah. And, and so how, in what ways are you cultivating that, that emotional and, and somehow virtual physical intimacy with your partner? while you're separated through this experience. I'll go back to Abby's comment. Like the brain is the largest sex organ. I, I tell you like the conversations. You're reciting Neil, Gr Neil deGrasse Tyson's book. Like are you doing sex? No, I'm reciting Abby. Abby, wherever you at, keep <laughs> writing doing? girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 All right. All right. So, so how do you, how do you stimulate each other's brains from far away? What is that? Yeah, what does that look, look like? I, I think it's just, having very open and vulnerable conversations. And look, you, you, you brought up Brene Brown before and my girlfriend and I talk about this often, but you know, people think vulnerability is just when you're open with someone. And it's interesting because what I may deem is open, like having this conversation, someone else may be like, I can't believe he's sharing that. Just like when D spoke, some other woman may be like, I can't believe that. But true vulnerability is when you say something and you're unsure how the other person is going to take it. And in this time when we don't know how long it's going to be before we see one another, really having open conversations where I'm like, babe, I'm really struggling with this. Like, what do I do? And having her answer. And sometimes it's, it's tough love. And sometimes it's like, no, I just, I know you just need me to listen. Like that's mm -hmm. really, really important for me. So is there something that, you know, is there something that you think would be fun to talk about or to explore uh, virtually right now, since that's all we have with your partner, but like you haven't, you haven't quite crossed the threshold yet. You haven't really been like, you know, I'm a little nervous. This is going to be a big vulnerable thing to ask for, but like, maybe I'll do it. Is there anything that comes up for you when you think about it? I mean, you're laughing. So some, some, uh, this is some, I'm laughing because it's a very <laughs> leading question. I'm laughing because we started this conversation about how I couldn't get it up. And you said, is that something that comes up? And then, the other, and then the other piece of it is I'm laughing because no, it's not like I, it's not like I'm like, yo, babe, just please take that shirt off. Just show me a little something. Like, I don't know. I just, for me, it's much more about getting to know her holistically at this time. But what I can tell you is that when I'm able to travel, I'm be off the grid for a couple of days because I just need to make sure that I'm really locked in physically. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, I think Chris, could you do me a favor? Could you bring uh, Lindsay in? Hi, Lindsay. All right. So we'll let everybody know Lindsay and Sean are partners. Okay. So Lindsay and Sean are partners from across the coasts right now. And we have them in here. We have them live with us now, you know, two people who are separated now across the United States. And so I guess, you know, now that I have you both here, you know, you've both been so vulnerable. I just want to say, if you think these two have been so open and vulnerable, say word, sharing their love with us, getting real. Sean, Sean really putting himself out there, you know, blowing up this, you know, masculine mythology right before our very eyes. Lindsay stepping into her spiritual side. I mean, you guys are really, you know, it's so it's really, I'm just so grateful that the both of you are here. Um, so, so, I want to know about how you feel quarantine has been in service of your partnership. I think that so much the conversation is like, how do we overcome? How do we, how do we get to the other side? But how is this 
in your opinion, really in service and making you stronger and better? And like, what are you grateful for in the context of your relationship in this moment? What are you grateful for? Yeah, I mean, um, quarantine in general has really allowed me to slow down. And in slowing down, I've been able to identify some thoughts that were not true or were not my own or I didn't want to think anymore that I didn't realize were playing in the background. Every like what? Um, a thought about, uh, can I really have a successful relationship and a successful career at the same time? Okay. Like really okay. doubt, really doubting that. Cause I've never had that. Um, and I was told as a kid, like, you know, you establish your career first and then, you know, you can figure out the whole marriage kids thing, but like career first. Um, so really debunking that and letting that go. Um, and then, you know, what I'm grateful for in the relationship is that when those things do come up and I'm able to slow down and I'm like kind of overwhelmed with this feeling of like, oh my God, I believe that for so long or, oh my gosh, this is just really intense. I have him there to, to talk it out or mm. I just, you know, whether it's crying or, you know, he holds space so beautifully. Like I've never been in a relationship like this before. Um, I've always been too much to anyone that I'm with. So if you've ever been, if you've ever been too much for somebody in, in flying air quotations, if you've ever been too much, say word. <laughs> oh my God. Oh I know. Yeah. I once had somebody tell me I was too much and I was like, nah, I'm the most. all right so all right so keep going sorry go on go yeah no i mean it's just that it's like i literally am able to be myself wholly and completely and it's the greatest gift of all time Mm, okay all right so sean sean how has this quarantine how is this separation (laughs) he's flexing uh he's like above all the things don't forget i got the guns okay so (laughs) So Sean, 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 how has this quarantine, this moment, this separation, how has it been in service of your emotional growth and the growth of your partnership? Well, I'll, I'll bring it completely back to how you started the conversation with Lindsay. And, you know, though it is sometimes uncomfortable to talk about spirituality and sex to begin with, we even started this conversation off with me about how I couldn't perform. Now, think about how that was preparing me without me even knowing it for this time. Because if, it, if I was able to perform and I thought I was a man and all the things I used to think provided to the relationship in a way that I could have, or I only knew at the time, then I think this may have really rocked us, right? Because now that it's essentially removed from us, I'm not worried about it because there were times where I couldn't perform and there were times where not being physical wasn't the top priority. And mm-hmm. so if anything, it's just, I have a lot of friends and I'm sure we all know people who are in relationships that are just convenient, right? You're just really comfortable with someone or there's someone close to you or whatever you want to call it. Whereas in this moment, it's forcing us to be a lot more intentional and it's allowing us to really talk about things that I don't know if we would talk about if we were just in our quote unquote routines with work. And I know that she's, you know, very career driven and it's my job to support her and listen to her. And she does the same thing for me. Mm, well, I just want to say I'm so grateful that the both of you joined us today from coast to coast, different time zones. Uh, really, honestly, I loved your vulnerability and, and you've shared so many, so many helpful, empowering things for us. And I'm grateful for, for our time together. So thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, uh, uh, Chris, can we go to Julia? We have Julia, who I'm I'm honestly, this is just like... I am very excited to talk to Julia. Uh, hi, Julia. Hello. Uh, really, really good to see your face. So, Julia, you have had a very interesting quarantine experience. Yes. Uh, um, what happened? Do you want to say it? <laughs> or should I? Um, I was dumped. I was broken up with um, on on Thursday. So it's all very new and very fresh, and I'm doing a lot of processing. And when you say you were dumped, can we, wait, like you were dumped? Oh, I was dumped on Zoom. Yeah. So on Zoom. It was on Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened? Tell us what happened. Um, 
I'd only been dating this guy for like two months. We had gone on three really beautiful, perfect storybook, like out of a rom-com date, um, dates before quarantine. And then um, he had to go out of town uh, like the first weekend of March. And then we decided we would self-isolate when he came back. Um, and then when we said we probably shouldn't actually hang out um, when that date that we said we would hang out came. Um, and so we did a bunch of Skype dates uh, and um, Zoom dates, watch all of the technologies. We had to figure out what worked best for us because the internet in my house is not very good. Um, I also live at home with my parents right now. So that is another fun layer of this um, whole thing. Um, and, and they were all going really well. I think we usually we would watch a movie. So we would like FaceTime for about an hour or so. And then we'd watch a movie together. Um, and we, um, and then I sort of the last week or so, I kind of felt him pulling back. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't sure if it was in my head or just like that everybody is anxious about everything in the world right now. And I, and it really, because we hadn't been dating for that long, I didn't have the kind of foundation with him to be able to uh, tell what was going on. And, and I was still trying to be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a chill quarantine buddy. Like, I'm not gonna be over <laughs> clingy. <laughs> um, and, uh, and anyway, so on Thursday, he texted me, are you free to talk later? And um, I kind of knew at that point that it was coming. I felt it in my bones. So I sort of prepared mentally. Um, and then the actual talk only lasted about 15 minutes. Um, and the internet connection was bad, like I said. So we were sort of freezing. <laughs> and uh, um, it was so surreal. <laughs> um, at one point, my dad like yelled upstairs to me something. Um, and I was like, I'm in the middle of something, Dad. <laughs> so... Uh, then I fired off a tweet, like the minute after the phone call ended, um, I said, am I the first person to get dumped on Zoom? And um, yeah. <laughs> and is that how your parents, they're saying your parents saw your tweet, yeah? Your parents follow you on Twitter and they saw the tweet. They're both very active on Twitter, um, which is a whole fun thing also. Um, and they saw, I, the minute the phone call ended, I fired off the tweet and then I called my sister who lives in Washington, DC. Um, and, and we FaceTimed and I was just like crying on the phone to my sister. Um, and my mom kind of knocked on the door and she was like, I saw your tweet. Um, did you really get dumped? Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So, so Julia, I think there's been a lot of people who are writing that they've been dumped and that they are sending you love in the chat. I'm sure you can see that. Um, um, you know, I think that what's interesting about your story is, um, we're in a time where I know that like when we go through breakups, like there's two things we really want. We want ice cream and we want our friends, right? And, and maybe in that order, maybe not. Um, <laughs> um, and so the grieving process of a breakup is is really such a collective effort. And now that you're at home, you're with your parents, you can't, how are you, how are you navigating the grieving process of a, of a relationship um, when you're at home and you can't be with your friends? It's really hard not to be with my friends. I mean, I'm texting them a lot and FaceTiming with them a lot. Um, and I'm talking about it to my parents, which is so strange because I never talked about my love life with my parents before. <laughs> And not that I'm being, you know, getting into so many details, but just like, I can't not open up about it. This is happening to me in front mm -hmm. of the whole world. Um, so that's strange. I think I, I honestly don't think I've, I've really processed it because of just the way that this unfolded um, with it kind of going viral so fast. Um, and I, I think for me, the hardest thing about this this breakup and, and other breakups that I've had too is that you get just in the habit of texting somebody and, and talking to them. And if you, um, you know, you see a, a funny tweet that you think they'd like and you text it to them or like the new Strokes album came out and you want to talk to them about it or whatever. And then when you no longer can talk to that person, it's really hard. Mm. Um, and then it's just like a reminder of like, oh, right, they don't want to talk to me anymore. Um, and so, um, in a weird way, having this thing go viral on Twitter 
has sort of allowed me to postpone that kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's just been a time distraction. <laughs> um, how has it felt? How has it felt been, you know, getting so much? It feels like you're being embraced by a, a global digital community of strangers and uh, in such a, like a moment where, you know, it's so tender and how, ha- how, has it, how has it been to receive that kind of love and compassion and community, you know, virtually? Um, it's made me feel really um, nice and like comforted. Um, I think I didn't really put that much thought into what it would be like when I tweeted this. I only had like 1,700 followers before this or something. I did not have like a giant following. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was not used to my tweets getting this much engagement. And so I didn't really anticipate it. And it just kind of like... I just put it on the world and, and um, I, I've since spoken to him and, and he is not very pleased about this because it turns out not everybody in the world likes to broadcast their feelings to everybody. Um, but I decided to keep talking about it because, um, because I was getting all of those messages mm-hmm. from people who said that like it, they were going through the same thing and it really meant a lot to them to read my story. And something I've been thinking a lot about too is that um, it's really hard to feel like your feelings are valid uh, during the midst of a global health crisis. Um, that like, I feel stupid and like like a dumb girl <laughs> complaining about like, oh, this boy dumped me or like, you know, whatever, he's gonna text me back or this. Let's ask everybody if they've been there. <laughs> if you've ever felt like your feelings are valid in the, in the you know, in this moment because of what we're experiencing, I mean, I don't even have to finish the question. I mean, look at this. I mean, everybody, yeah, I think that, you know, this is, a, this is an important moment for us to just see. Yeah, you know. yeah, so I think like having, being able to, to tell people, especially like a lot of young people have reached out. Um, I had like a 17 year old girl email me um, and it like truly just warmed my heart and just like letting people know that like, it's okay to feel things that aren't like about the gravity of the world. Like you can still feel your own sort of like personal small things and they mm. still are big to you even yeah. while this is happening. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed also that your, uh, your tweet, um, you were uh, connected with uh, you when you when you tweeted out your story. Uh, Gloria Gaynor tweeted at you. You will survive, which I, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> so Gloria Gaynor sings, "I will survive." Uh, she she tweeted it at you and said, "I will survive." How did it feel? How did it feel to receive that? You know, like that kind. Oh of, my god! Like, so like just surreal. I can't. Like I said, I don't think I've really like processed all of this yet. Um, but like I saw, I got the notification and it's like notifications have been flooding in. And so I don't catch all of them. Like sometimes my friend will text me like, oh, did you see this person liked it? And I'm like, ah! mm-hmm. um, but this one I happened to catch and I was just like, holy, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you will survive. Gloria Gaynor. I mean, that's a, such a memory. Um, okay. And then, and then one final question on this. Uh, I think that the, the, you know, the idea that our feelings are valid and being able to honor where we are is such an important, is such an important idea. And thank you so much for putting that out there for all of us. I think that really landed. Um, the last question I have is really about, um, you know, what, what you've learned about this breakup. Cause you've, you, you know, when I read your story, Um, you know, you talk about that, like, you can't even be mad. You can't even be mad at your former partner around this or or whatever he, or whatever it was, you know, right. We don't know. It's like, well, as Lindsay was saying, a situation ship, it's this nebulous thing without borders yet. And we haven't even yet defined it, but we've determined that it's over. And, uh, I guess what, you know, the way it went down, even though on zoom, I guess, can we speak to a little bit about the transparency of it and what that meant to you? Yeah, it meant Really, I cannot say, I feel very bad that I have hurt him in this process of being public because he was so honest with me um, and and did me the courtesy of just being really clear and communicating exactly what he meant and not dragging this out. Um, I've had relationships that have lasted well past their expiration date um, and and, you know, that has not been fun for any of us and you just end up tired and like angry and and just like, you know, exhausted by the end of it. And so like the fact that he, the fact that he did me the courtesy of saying, you know, I don't think I can, I can be in this 
fully um, because I'm still grieving my last relationship. Um, it really meant a lot to me. Um, and, and I think <laughs> my biggest takeaway is always just that like, if you want to break up with somebody, you should do it. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. it's hard. It's really hard. I've chickened out before. Um, and I've been on the other, like I've ended relationships before and, and it's mm. hard. And I, I've had those moments where I like, you mean to do it. And then you say something else and then it, um, and, and so I really admire his courage, um, for, for doing this. Um, mm. and yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I, I appreciate your courage for sharing so much and being so, so vulnerable with us and sharing that story. Um, on the subject of breakups, you know, I, uh, I was in a long relationship for years and, uh, we broke up, I think we broke up nine times in three years and, uh, and we just couldn't really, we couldn't do it, or at least I couldn't. And when we finally did it, um, when we finally did it, I remember saying like, I have to change my life. I can't keep having the same relationship with different people over and over and over again. And so four nights later, it was April, 7, 2016, four nights later, I, I gathered uh, about a dozen friends at a friend's of mine's house. And I said, we're going to have a town hall about love and sex because I have so much to learn and I need to hear other people's experiences and I need to know what they're learning and, and I need to elevate myself. And that was our first uh, Touchpoint town hall. And uh, since then, there have been 5,000 people that have joined now that we're doing it digitally. It's kind of crazy uh, how many people are in this experience with us. But I will say that, like, I am just really so grateful for people like yourself and for everyone who shared tonight, Lindsay, Rochelle, Tom, Sean, uh, for, for, of course, Peterson and Sabaya and D who can forget D and, uh, and of course, Sophia and Greg, um, for sharing so much and for opening your hearts and your stories. Um, because, uh, this is just, you know, this is a space in which I, uh, I hope that we can continue to find each other and see ourselves in other people's stories and, and elevate ourselves and, uh, and, uh, and connect um, because, because I, I think that we all have a lot to learn from each other. Um, I think it was Gloria, Gloria Steinem who said, uh, uh, each other's lives are our best textbooks. And, um, uh, I hope that, you know, we continue to create spaces where we can continue to, to read each other and learn from each other. Uh, so thank you so much, Julia, for sharing your story and, and just know that sometimes, at least from my own experience, I know that a break, a breakup, a, a devastating breakup sometimes can be a launching pad into the next most profound version of who you're meant to be. So I'm, I'm glad that you could, you could, uh, you could share with us here. Uh, a couple brief announcements. Uh, the first one is that um, every night at 6 p.m. I uh, host something called the Touchpoint Check-In uh, where people log in and we just hang out. And honestly, it's an hour and we talk about whatever's coming up. And uh, we always tend to dance. Uh, uh, we end with a dance party. If you want to check into the Touchpoint Check-In, just it's at 6 p.m. Eastern, literally seven nights a week. Uh, it's been an incredible experience for me. Uh, uh, lots of really interesting people sharing their experiences in quarantine. Um, the link to that uh, we'll share in the email that'll go out tomorrow, as well as it's on our website. If you go to lovetouchpoint.com, you'll see uh, the check-in, touchpoint check-in. You can click that and join any night of the week at 6 p.m. Uh, the other thing is if you have any stories, if you feel like you have a story that you want to tell at an upcoming town hall, um, you just have to email us. You can email me. My email address is jmw at lovetouchpoint.com. And uh, you can just email me your story and I'll connect you with our with our you know production team. And, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to learn from you. We'd love to connect with you. And we'd love to share. Uh, we'd love to share your story with the world. Um, other than that, uh, I am so, so, so grateful. Thank you to everybody who shared so vulnerably. I hope you all have an amazing evening. Uh, good night. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. I'm Jared Matthew Weiss. You can always join us for live recordings by registering for free tickets at lovetouchpoint.com. 
and you can find us on Instagram as Love Touchpoint.